Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Hello, my friends. This is Francis Vitakovic, and you are listening to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast. So as I mentioned in the last few episodes, I've been diving into some of my older content that I've shared on my website, Inspiring Mum Life. I think that some of this content is so valuable that it's worthy of having a conversation about it here on this podcast. And today's episode is going to be the first of a part two series, having a chat about 30 famous people with disabilities and celebrities with special needs. And the reason why this conversation is really close to my heart is that I actually have a son, a 15-year-old son with a degenerative neuromuscular condition called Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease. If you've never heard of it, you can join the club because not many people know what CMT is. But like I said, it's a degenerative neuromuscular condition that actually impacts his peripheral limbs, his arms and legs. So he's had a wheelchair from the age of six. And I think from when he started high school, he's pretty much always in his wheelchair. But having this diagnosis has never stopped me from dreaming big things for him and encouraging him to dream big things for himself. So if you have a child with a disability or a special needs diagnosis, I want you to know that they can go on to live an incredible, amazing life. And the examples that I'm going to be sharing with you are so inspiring. It's going to make you see potentially for the first time just how much contribution we can have in this world or give to this old world regardless of our mental or physical capabilities. And this is true whether you have this diagnosis for yourself or you have a diagnosis for your child. This does not mean anything. This is just a neutral circumstance and we get to make it mean whatever we want it to mean. And for me, I've always seen this as a gift. I've also seen it as an opportunity to still do amazing things in the world even if you have a few more or maybe many more obstacles in your path. So while it's a great achievement for any person to perform an extraordinary act, when it's done by someone with a debilitating disability, for me, it just redefines the term awe-inspiring for me. Like I've always found these stories to be so inspiring. And as a mom of a child with special needs, I personally find great comfort and encouragement and inspiration from hearing these stories about others who have prospered despite all odds. So over these two episodes, I'm going to be sharing with you 30 simply amazing stories of famous people with disabilities. And in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you the first 15. So let's dive on in with number one, Helen Keller. So she was born 1980 and she passed away in 1968 and her diagnosis was she was blind and deaf. So one of the most inspiring stories of an individual who managed to succeed despite all odds is Helen Keller, who overcame the adversity of being deaf and blind to become one of the leading humanitarians of the 20th century. So born physically normal, Helen actually lost her sight and hearing at age of 19 months, leaving her to live in a world that seemed totally isolated. However, through the instruction of a remarkable teacher named Anne Sullivan, an amazing woman, when she was still a little girl, Helen Keller learned to understand and communicate with the world around her. So Keller learned from Sullivan how to read and write in Braille and to use the hand signals of the deaf mute, which she could only understand via touch. So Keller grew up to be a prolific author. She campaigned heavily for women's and workers' rights and socialism as well as many other progressive causes. So wildly honored around the world, she founded the American Civil Liberties Union, or better known as ACLU for short, and she traveled to over 39 countries, meeting every US president from 
Grover Cleveland to Lyndon B. Johnson. So she also became friends with many famous figures, including Charlie Chaplin, Alexander Graham Bell, can you believe it, and Mark Twain. And through her amazing work, Helen was able to alter the world's perception of the capabilities of the handicapped, and she was able to show others how courage, intelligence, and dedication can help strengthen the human spirit to overcome adversity. And now for my second example, of course, Stephen Hawking. He was born in 1942 and he passed away in 2018 and his diagnosis was ALS. So at the age of 21, Stephen was diagnosed with a rare early onset slow progressing form of ALS. I wonder if I can actually pronounce what it stands for. It's like amyotrophic lateral scoliosis, which is also known as motor neuron disease. So at the time, the doctors gave him this life expectancy of two years. However, he lived on for 40 more years with the disease that left him unable to walk, talk, breathe easily, swallow, or hold his head up without difficulty. So at the time, he was told he was not this, not a remarkable college student. He just received mediocre grades in middle school. But despite the assessment, he became an internationally renowned physicist, cosmologist, author, professor, and director of research at the Center for Theoretical Cosmology within the University of Cambridge. His book, okay, A Brief History of Time, stayed on the British Sunday Times bestseller list for a record-breaking 237 weeks. And despite being wheelchair-bound and dependent on a computerized voice system for communication, Hawking lived an abundant life with his family, had three kids, three grandchildren, while also traveling and lecturing extensively on theoretical physics. Honestly, he was such an amazing man. And now for my third example, it's one of my personal favorites, is Nick Vujicic, who was born in 1982. He has a diagnosis of Tetra Amelia syndrome. Now, I've got a serious soft spot for him because he was born in Australia like me, and I discovered him via one of his early lectures long before he became a world-renowned motivational speaker. As soon as I heard him speak, even though he was still young at the time, I knew that he held the power to positively impact others, especially physically challenged individuals who may have felt depressed or confronted by their limitations. So he was born this with this syndrome, a really rare disorder characterized by the absence of all four limbs. He does, I think, have two toes on one small foot. So as a child, he struggled not just physically, but emotionally, yet eventually he came to terms with his disability. And at the age of 17, he started his own non-for-profit organization called Life Without Limbs, which is still going on today. During high school, he was elected school captain, and at the age of 21, he graduated from Griffin University with a double major in accounting and financial planning. He now travels as a motivational speaker. If you haven't checked him out, you absolutely need to. He's the author of numerous books, including Your Life Without Limits, and he's happily married. He's got more than two kids now. Maybe it's four, but in his words, he said, dream big, my friend. Oh my gosh. I actually never realized that he actually said those words. Dream big, my friend, and never give up. We all make mistakes and none of them are mistakes. Take one day at a time, embrace the positive attitudes, perspectives, principles, and truths I share, and you too will overcome. And now for my fourth example, I love this one as well. I think I love them all, but Rick Hoyt, okay, he was born in 1962, he has cerebral palsy, he's another favorite inspirational person of mine. I first saw the Hoyts on an Oprah show back when I was still a teenager, long before I had any special, a special needs child of my own. So when I saw Rick Hoyt with his dad, Dick, I was instantly spellbound by the love and dedication that his father had for his son. So Dick just passed away recently, and I'm not kidding when I say I shed a few tears when I heard the news, because 
that love that they had for each other, like the love that he had for his son was just so palpable. So at birth, Rick was diagnosed with severe cerebral palsy and the doctors were quite blunt. They said like, forget about Rick, put him away, put him in an institution. He's going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life. But institutionalizing their child was never an option for his parents. Um, for Dick and his wife, they just decided that they were going to raise Rick just like his two brothers. And at the age of 11, Rick was fitted with a computer that enabled him to communicate. So with this communication device, Rick was finally able to attend public schools for the first time. He went on to graduate from Boston University in 1993 with a degree in special education. And later he worked at Boston College in a computer lab, helping them to develop these systems to aid communication and other tasks for people with disabilities. So Team Hoyt you've got to Google it. Team Hoyt was formed in 1997 after Rick asked his dad, Dick, if they could run in a race together to benefit a lacrosse player at the school who'd become paralyzed. It's just the most incredible story. Team Hoyt, so dad and son, went on to compete in over a thousand endurance events, including marathons, triathlons, Ironman competitions, with Dick pushing his son in a custom-made running chair. I think they ran Boston Marathon 32 times. And in 1992, Tim Hoyt biked and ran across America, across the United States, completing a full 3,735 miles in 45 days. Like just those statistics are so mind boggling. And this feat of love and courage, like I'm getting goosebumps while I'm sharing the story with you. It was sparked after Rick, the son, told his dad after their first event, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like I'm not handicapped anymore. So running together became a way to send a message to the world that everyone should be included in everyday life. Such is the power of a parent's life, and I still have these goosebumps just going up and down my arms. Like, it's so incredible, that story. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to pop in and say that if you listen to this podcast and ever think, oh my gosh, I really wish that I could get some one-on-one help actioning out all these ideas, I have the best news for you. Did you know that I'm now offering private coaching? So if you feel like you would benefit from some one-on-one support and guidance and accountability from me, your very best and biggest cheerleader, make sure to check out my Dream Into Doing coaching experience. Or if you prefer to start small, feel free to dive into one of my mini courses, which I've created just for you. Now, these courses are going to help you show up in your life and in your business and in your family as the very best version of yourself. So you can freely ditch all the mind drama and grab the tools that you need to help you not just dream bigger, but to live life with more clarity and intention starting today. So you can find the link to my coaching program and courses inside the podcast description. And I sincerely look forward to connecting with you on a deeper level. And now for the fifth example, Mary Temple Grandin. She was born in 1947 with autism. So Mary is not only an American professor of animal science at Colorado State University. She's also the best-selling author and autism activist and consultant to the livestock industry on animal behavior. So in 2010, she was named by Time 100 as one of the 100 most influential people in the whole world. And she's a subject of the award-winning biographical film Temple Grandin, her name. She also invented the Hug Box, a device designed to calm down those who are on the autism spectrum. And her message to the world was this, the world needs different kinds of minds to work together. See the person beyond the label. Autism is a part of who I am. I'm different, but I am not less. And now for example, number six, Christy Brown. Christy was born in 1932 and passed away in 1981. He was an Irish author, painter, and poet. had severe cerebral palsy. Born in Dublin, he was one of 13 surviving children. 
There was actually 22 born in that Catholic family. He was severely disabled by cerebral palsy and incapable for years of deliberate movement or speech. Doctors considered him to be intellectually disabled as well. However, his mum continued to speak to him, work with him, and try to teach him. And then one day, he famously snatched a piece of chalk from his sister with his left foot to make a mark on a slate. And at the time, only his left foot responded to his will. And using this foot, he was able to communicate for the first time. And he's most famous for his autobiography, My Left Foot, which also became an Academy Award-winning film of same name. And now for example number seven, Franklin Roosevelt was born in 1882 and passed away in 1945. Franklin was the 32nd president of the United States and in 1921 contracted an illness. I think it was called poliomyelitis. Sure, I pronounced that wrong, but it left him with total and permanent paralysis from the waist down. Due to the fear of what the people would think, what the public would think about this news of his disability, they kept it a secret for many years, but he still continued to serve his nation in an honorable and memorable way. He tried lots of therapies, including hydrotherapy. He was fitted with iron braces. In private, he used a wheelchair, and despite his paralysis, he retained his humor, his charisma, and he was elected president and unprecedented four times. Incredible. And now for number eight, Robert Hensel. His diagnosis was spina bifida, and he was born in 1969. So as an international poet and writer, Hensel has never let his disability come in the way of his artistic mind. So to quote Robert, he said, There were many times that my classmates would laugh at me and call me names simply because of their lack of understanding of why I was a little different. He went on to be awarded the title of one of the best poets of the 20th century with over 900 publications worldwide. 900. And he retains a world record at Guinness and Ripley's for the longest non-stop wheelie in a wheelchair, covering a total distance of 6.178 miles. It's a long distance, guys. Hensel is a leading figure within the disability community, advocating for the right and treatment of all individuals living with disabilities across the world. Amazing. And now for example number nine, I know I'm going to struggle with his surname, it's Ruth Sienkiewicz Mercer. She was born in 1915, passed away in 1998, and she was a quadriplegic. So she was also an American disability rights activist, best known for her autobiography, I Raise My Eyes to Say Yes, and she co-authored that with Stephen B. Kaplan. At the age of 13 months, she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, resulting from this disease that she'd had when she was five weeks old because she was born a healthy baby, and consequently her control over her entire body, except for her face and digestive system, was severely impaired. So due to this inability to communicate normally, she was diagnosed as an imbecile at age of five, and as a teenager, she was sent to an institution for the mentally and physically disabled, where she was severely mistreated for eight years. But then, in 1978, she and some fellow patients were moved into their own apartment, and soon afterwards, she actually got married and published her autobiography to critical acclaim. Despite never speaking a word or having the ability to walk or feed herself, she changed so many people with her words and became a well-renowned disability rights activist. Now for number 10 is Ralph Braun. His diagnosis was muscular dystrophy, which is a diagnosis quite similar to my son's one uh, because Charcot Marie Tooth Disease falls under that umbrella of the lack of muscular dystrophy. So Ralph Braun was the late founder and CEO of the Braun Corporation, which today is one of the leading manufacturers of wheelchairs and accessible vehicles. So at the age of six, Braun was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy and the doctors told his parents that he would never be independent. But Ralph and his parents were determined to prove them wrong. So the next few years, Braun actually lost his ability to walk, which often happens with muscular dystrophy around those teenage years. And he sent his mind to engineering the first battery-powered scooter. 
I can't tell you how important that is for someone who isn't able to walk to have access to a battery-powered scooter. And during his teen years, he created various motorized vehicles to help him get around. And by 1991, he created the first wheelchair-accessible minivan. We have a wheelchair-accessible car, and I can't tell you how much easier it makes our life. So named the champion of change by President Obama, his personal drive to keep him independent evolved into Braun Ability, the leading manufacturer of mobility products around the world. He passed away at the age of 73, but not before making a serious impact, helping launch the mobility movement. And I, myself, am just so thankful that he had the courage and the tenacity and determination to do so. Now, for example, number 11, Chris Burke, you had Down syndrome. So Chris is an American actor who's best known for his character, Charles Corky Thatcher, on the television series Life Goes On. When Chris was born, his parents were also told to institutionalize him, but instead they decided to raise him at home and nurture his talents. He was encouraged by his supportive family to follow his dreams of being on TV, to become an actor, and Chris became the first person with Down syndrome to star in a weekly television series. He's since appeared on numerous TV shows and movies and is currently serving as the National Down Syndrome Society ambassador. So he had the faith in his own ability and the courage to face prejudice as he pursued his dream to become an actor. And now for the next few examples, I'm going to put them together, 12, 13, and 14. Can you believe I'm going to mention Albert Einstein, Mozart, and Michelangelo? These three incredible men were all widely believed to have been on the autism spectrum. Einstein was very intelligent but had difficulty with social interactions and learning at school. Like if you read his story, he really struggled in school. Mozart was also an accomplished musician from the age of five and he exhibited much of the narrow focus often found in autistic individuals. And then there was Michelangelo who had an inability to form long-term attachments and lots of other eccentric traits that were easily explained or would be today by a diagnosis of autism. So all three men grew to be well-renowned geniuses in the academic and artistic field. And now for my final example in this episode, it's Sir Isaac Newton. According to the experts, Newton showed many signs of having Asperger's syndrome. He hardly spoke. He had few friends and he was so engrossed in his work that he often forgot to eat. If nobody turned up to his lectures, he gave him anyway, talking to an empty room. He demonstrated an obsessive single-mindedness that's commonly associated with Asperger's and he's now widely recognized as being one of the most influential scientists of all time and a key figure in the scientific revolution. So this, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to record the second half of my examples in the next episode. But the reason I'm sharing it with you here today is that if you're just an ordinary person, you don't have a disability, I want you to like look at these examples I'm speaking about, people who had those additional obstacles in their life and how that, that thing stopped them from dreaming big and from still living to their potential and achieving amazing things in the world. For me, they serve as an example of what is possible and I hope that they provide you with that same inspiration. So definitely check into my next episode. I know these are a little bit longer than my usual episodes, but these stories have always stuck with me. They've shown me that I can do anything if I put my mind to it. And if you have a disability or a child has a disability, that doesn't mean anything about the potential they have to do great things in this world. So as always, my friend, take care. And I'm going to catch you in the next episode. Until then, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, 
dream big, my friends.